Welcome to everyone's favorite podcast, It's Reclaimed Audio, with your hosts, Phil Pinsky, Phil Roots, and Tim Sway. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of Reclaimed Audio. This is episode 131, dear Lord, that's a lot, for May 9th. 2018. This week's top Patreon supporters are Make, Build, Modify, Stu Morrison, The Godfather, Jimmy DeResta. What if I just like busted out like a Bach fugue right now and it was like this like beautiful? <laughs> Wouldn't that be hilarious? For everyone who knows what a Bach fugue is, yes. That's all I got. That, I'm, I'm taking that's not a Bach fugue. Nope. Nope. <laughs> that's not even 50 cents of a fugue. <laughs> Scott Turner, Greg Mead, Chad Grossclaws, Shane Bronson, Keith Decent, Ryan Ridgely, Jeff Shaw, Infinite Craftsman, LiquidRC.com, Mike Jeffcoat, Jim Bashirs, Brad Dudenhofer, Paul Jackman. You want to interrupt me? Who? And the no. boys over at Maybe I've Said Too Much. <laughs> I'll interrupt you. I'll interrupt you for that one. Um, All right. If, if anybody who listens to our podcast, if you're not listening to uh, the app, maybe podcast, you then you've got be. good taste. Yeah, exactly. And we, <laughs> we support you 100%. <laughs> then you're doing something right with your life. Enough said. Uh, no, check out this latest episode. It was it was pretty good. It was it was a little bit heartfelt. And uh, those guys go from. You know, telling nothing but jokes all day long on one episode, talking about how to rebuild an engine the next, and life lessons. So they they run the gambit. Check it out. We love those guys. Um, uh, Jay, Fred, and George. I can't remember who they are, but Hank. they pay us money, so we yeah. love them. Yeah. Yeah. According to our accountants, we really like those guys. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, but in all seriousness, we we really do. Um, the most recent episode I listened to was episode forty six, and Izzy said some nice stuff about me. So, so I, I guess I could live with the rest of those two. Hey, he uh, already <laughs> told me that you pay him the money back that they send us in order yeah. to talk nice about you. I actually do pay him the money back because I'm a member of the Toolmaster Association. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, me so too. My I guess share of yeah. their money is only half Wait, of what I pay him on a monthly basis. So holy it's crap, a, you're right. It's a net loss for me, but worth every penny. So. <laughs> Wait a minute. It's now that I think fun. about this, the math is bad. Yeah. I don't like math. Yeah. I was happy <laughs> until you told me about math. Sorry about that. Math is uh, there. What are we working on? Let's see here. I'm seeing a pretty, pretty glib look on Bill's face. What are you working on? Some, <laughs> something amazing. Can I guess? I, Can I guess? <laughs> look, I, I, first of all, I, I would like to, I'd like to give a shout out to myself. Um, well, I don't know the reason I can. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for her for surviving this long. Um, it's not funny. I'm working on cigar box guitars. Why oh. would you? Why would you assume that that's something that you could tease me about? Because it, we add it to the pile of everything else we tease you about. Yeah, you you could be working on like you know the cure poverty and world hunger. We would still tease you. Like that's yeah. just what we do. I, <laughs> you know what? It's it's busy at work right now, and I I just feel like you know Casey had to go to the doctor because she. Bumped her head pretty hard. Mm. Coming, uh, <laughs> I'm not supposed to laugh. Why are you laughing? Because yeah. it's funny. So I come home from work, and Casey's sitting on the couch, and she's got a nice little knot in her noggin. What happened? She's all, well, I was cleaning out the refrigerator, and when I when I came out, the freezer door was open, and when uh. I set up, I oh, and I, I'm just like, 
Yeah, that would hurt. But anyway, she ended up getting like headaches and dizziness a couple days later. So she absolutely had a concussion. We had to go uh, to the emergency room. Which, the which lizard part of this had was to, funny? The whole bump in your head in the freezer That's door. That's funny. Yeah, concussions aren't uh, funny though, man. Yeah. Oh, I, my but, wife, I have I a knocked big, her out I of have, the fridge. I just recently like almost knocked myself out. I hit my head all the time. Yep. That that is <laughs> that is the least surprising thing I've heard in a long time. <laughs> So being busy, taking lizards and Casey to the doctor and working on cigar box guitars. That's what I'm doing. Okay. Tim, same question. Yeah, uh, pretty much same answer, right? Guitars. <laughs> guitars, lizards, but, and wives to the doctor. Yeah, the whole, the whole, the whole gamut. But slash um, lizards or, or, or exchange lizards for hamsters. Uh, guinea pigs, yes. We just adopted a guinea pig. So we now have a, a oh, guinea pig in our, in our house. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're. The family was moving or something, so whatever. Uh, but yeah, that's that's kind of fun because we, we never had any pets before, so that's exciting. And um, Vance already has all these great ideas for these things he's going to make for this this guinea pig. Like basically, it's going to become like a circus star or something. So <laughs> <laughs> he's going to make ramps and all this stuff and like you know mazes and everything. So we'll see how that all goes. Okay, but um, he, he's eight. Avoid the fiery hoops. Right. Yeah. We, <laughs> yeah. We'll keep those away. Saying. Yeah. Um. I I was a little bit slow for the past couple of weeks and I was kind of letting that happen because um, I wanted to work on these guitars and then I was like oh I that's right I have a mortgage so I went Ooh. I started hitting custom made pretty hard and now I'm too busy <laughs> so I just I, I, I grabbed a, a couple a couple little jobs that were kind of fun I, I just finished up a little bath set like a little soap dish out of wood oh. like out of that uh, reclaimed decking that I have and I you know did the whole spar varnish on it and and then I did a. Um, I'm currently working on a chess set. It's like a World of Warcraft. Uh, oh, very cool! Uh, inspired chess set, and um, and then I uh, also just scored a. This is kind of a cool one. I'm gonna and I'm gonna film this. A uh, large coffee table out of that Kumaru decking that I have is for a, a outdoor deck. You know, um, so it's uh, 57 inches square, 18 inches high, all made out of this wow. reclaimed decking. Yeah, it's gonna be huge. And I'm hoping it'll fit in the minivan because I have to drive it to Jersey when I'm done, and I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to take the truck that far if I don't have to. But um, so that's a uh, that's almost like a Kumar monolith. Yeah, yeah, it is. It, it almost right? it, it's not. Um, the sides aren't going to be filled. It's just going to have four legs. I actually had okay. to order um new six by six Kumaru posts to uh to cut for the legs. I had to order one six foot post. Which was like two hundred dollars when it gets that thick. Whoa. It's crazy. Whereas like a Didn't four. Did you have enough to laminate? I was thinking about doing that. I do have enough. I was gonna make the like either lam them or make box like a box, you know. Um, but I was just afraid because it's gonna go outside in the hot direct sun. I was afraid that if I like mitered it, it might start to peel up, and you know those corners would start looking crappy. So I was like, you know, I'm just gonna get a solid piece of wood. Well, and, I was, and if you lamb it, you see the lines. You know, I don't. Right, see but the here's lines. the thing: next time around, you forgot something. You have a lathe, so if you would have lambed it and then turned some legs, it would have looked uh, cool. Uh, uh, yeah, except for the round legs wouldn't have worked for the style. She wants this like very chunky Brooklyn sort of look. So, but yeah, so I, you, but if you round, okay, look, let me continue. Keep going. To tell keep you going. Why you did this wrong? Okay. If you laminated it and then you turned it really big on the lathe, then you can take that round and you can square it. You can square it. So it's not in line with the lines, the lamination. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I could have done that. I'm just trying to save you. You've already got all this material. I'm just trying I didn't, to save you money. I didn't buy it. The customer did. Oh yeah, but the the amount of footprint your you your shoe grew too. I know. 
I know I'm not happy. Two sizes. <laughs> I know there's there's a there's a piece of Brazilian hardwood on a on a UPS truck heading to me right now. I'm 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 not feeling good about it, but uh, <laughs> but sometimes My you gotta job do it here together. is done. But ninety percent of the table, ninety percent of the table is just reclaimed stuff, so it's cutting into my stash a little bit. But so today I was actually processing it down, like because it's. I mean, I just went. I changed all the blades on my stuff, and I process it all down, and now I need new blades. You know, it's just the way this stuff is. I spent like a. I spent like an hour just running through my my box planer, my little lunchbox planer, and and um. And now it's pr- it's pretty much ready to go now, but it's just like okay, yeah, there's a, there's you know new blade, <laughs> so well, that ought to be exciting. That ought to be exciting. Yeah, we'll see. I'm gonna film it and see see if I get anything good out of it. So, um, how about you, Phil? What are you up to? Uh, collecting Etsy orders. Well, yeah, I'm on the road, so you know that I'm not physically making anything. But uh, another, I know I've said it before. Don't be afraid to charge too much. Um, I guess it's wedding season coming up, so I'm getting a lot of these um, groomsmen whiskey box orders mm. coming in, mm. and, and people are like asking for things that are not what's in the listing. So, could you make it so that it's got holds four glasses and and a divider for cigars? And I'm like, sure, five hundred dollars. And they're like, okay, there you go. So I've got two of those, like two crazy weirdo ones, and I guess I've got my work cut out for me when I get home. Yeah, well, that's. That's great. Yeah. So charge and they will come, I guess. I don't know. Oh, I'm, I'm uh, definitely asking more for the uh, electric guitars that I'm building than I did for the first batch. So, you know, there's, th- did I ever say this on the podcast before? There was a, a bit I'd heard from a stand up comedian. And he said that he had this, he had a set. It was like a half hour set. And he was going around the club. He was like, I do the set, I, you know, 75 bucks, 75 bucks. I do the set. And, and he gets some gigs here and there and he had a hard time. Then one day he goes, he got the same set. And he just goes in the club. He's like, I got this set. It's 30 minutes long, thousand bucks. And now, he, now he's then he was like, no, I'm I'm too busy. I'm turning him away. And there's right. something to be said for that. Um, That's 100 percent true. Yeah. And I mean, then, at like, the end of the day, it's a wooden box made out of pallets. Yeah. But but people spend money on gifts. Yeah. You yeah. know because it makes them feel good to say to 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 express their love in as a, in a quantifiable way. It's a really good point because and if, but if they're buying something for themselves, they want to get a deal. Correct. Yeah. If they're buying something for someone else, they want to be able to say, I spent a lot on you. Mm. While I won't argue with you, either one of you, on this. Yes, you will. Um, yes, you will. I won't argue with you because I agree with that because not only do I trust your opinion, but it just makes sense. But I also believe that now, uh, recently, and I don't know, recently by the last three, four years, um, people are also just more willing, even, not even just the maker community, but people in general are more willing to shop local. They're willing to spend more for that artisan stuff. Um, and, and I'm, I'm, this is my experience is based on just where Casey salon is. Uh, it's all small businesses around there. And there's like, um, Maple street denim is a place where this person sells jeans for a hundred something dollars. Mm. It's a very small shop. And I'm like, you're in the middle of Oakland. People can, there's no way. And people like that. They like, they're, they're supporting that. They're supporting all of these little craftspeople everywhere, shop locally. So I, I think there's a rise in that as well. There is. It it's, may well be. I yeah. think we're returning back to community, right? I mean, if you go back a uh, hundred years, literally everything was local. You couldn't buy yeah. anything that wasn't well, local. Yeah. But yeah. My Etsy store is most, is, I'd say, ninety five percent sold to Americans, and this one box that was just ordered is from from California. Right, so they're buying from Montreal, and I'm mm. shipping to California. 
No, I'm I'm agreeing. That's why I said I agree with you, but I think there's also a part of it is that sure. you know, there's just Well, it's it's the global market in that case. It's it's the the handmade aspect of it. It yeah. might not be the locally handmade, but just that handmade mm-hmm. aspect. And I, I you know, I've said this many times in the podcast too. Like I, I sell to people all over the world too, but what I really am trying to do is like like this table's for a lady in Jersey and then I've got another guy just tonight I I picked up a gig making a bunch of bar stools for a guy in Massachusetts. And that's even like pushing it. Like that's like two hours away, but that's where I feel like is my that's my neighborhood. Two hour radius, you know? Circle mm-hmm. pinpoint two hours in any direction. And because uh, w- outside of that two hours there's another me that can do it. Like why did why should it be me? Like you know why not just work in your area? Yeah, well, but are you unless, the only guy unless in your area? the job is no good there's, enough, there's right? enough. Yeah, well that's the thing is I'm just I'm not in that position yet to where I can say oh I'm sorry you're outside of my two hour radius. I wish I was in that position because I would and I would develop the network and I'd find Phil you you your circle could Venn diagram against mine. You know what I mean? Like we could actually help each other. Not well, depends, I guess we'd have to be like four hour circles to Venn diagram to where <laughs> our two circles Probably would meet. Six. Uh yeah well no because it would four and four like oh I see okay Bumping yeah up again so then it's yeah so there'd be like a two hour window where we'd be we would be in competition in a two hour window there you know what I mean but yeah. um but I'm I'm not gonna draw diagrams but like there's sure there's a bunch of guys like me in in this area and there's enough work for all of us in this area if everybody knows who to find and where to find and then right. you know I mean every town had a blacksmith. Yeah, every town had one blacksmith. Yeah, now we got every every other guy has a forge in their garage. But <laughs> exactly, that's yeah. my point. Yeah, yeah. a okay. forge does not a blacksmith make. <sighs> okay, Shakespeare. <laughs> no, that was that was an excellent segue into this week's topic, which is oh, Confucius you, what, says. Wait, he's got that grin. He's nodding like he meant to. Did you mean that to? He d- he did. He did. Oh. He he did. You know, he Didn't does that you, thing where he know, hustles you us. You guys, you decide on the title. You force me to like it. And then when I try and segue, <laughs> you tell me I'm not a part of this club. And this is what – okay, whatever. You know, you know, Tim, he hustles us. He, <laughs> week in, he week out, on air, off air, he pretends to be dumb. But yeah. then he lets these, like, brilliant moments slip through his disguise. And then I know that's the that's the real Bill. Or is the – Real Bill, the dumb one in the disguise, is the brilliance slipping through? See, I can't I'm do it as sure good as him. <laughs> I'm not sure that's important. But so what does Confucius, Confucius say? Says, so Confucius, Confucius says, says something about somebody who wrote something to us. So Nick Wiegand, our buddy at uh, Run CNC, he is also the young man, the first person to give me a really super nice uh, cigar box, by the oh, way, right, 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 at yeah. Atlanta. Um, but Nick uh, sent us a picture. I... I, I a fortune cookie note, you know, the note you get out of a fortune cookie and it says, begin nothing until you have considered how it is to be finished. And there's, I agree with that a hundred percent and disagree with that a hundred percent. I just figured we could talk about that. I want you to read it one more time. Begin nothing until you have considered how it is to be finished. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be doing anything if I listened to that advice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it, it, but it, but it, but think about it. It depends upon the perspective, though. Yeah. Right. I mean, you can you can definitely take both sides of that argument because there's some things. It's like no, almost everything I make halfway through, I change my mind. So I yeah. I don't even worry about what it's going to look like at the end because that's not important right now. Starting is more important. But then again, 
um, Tim, you, you, you had to do this just with the coffee table you're talking about, right? It's like, look, I have this thing in mind. I've got the wood, but I don't have what I want to get this finished product. I have to order it. So you've already, you had to consider that. Do I laminate? Do I do this? Do I that? And, and that was your consideration before you finished this project, right? Well, well, yeah, that one was for a customer. And so that was based on a, on a phone conversation, you know, and I had originally, because of the expense of those pieces, I'd originally costed it out with four by four posts, which are like one third the price, even though they're only, you know, the 60% of the material or whatever. But, um, the, uh, you know, and she she was just like, ah, oh, is that going to be chunky enough? I'm like, no, you know what? You're probably right. And that was based on sketches and discussion because that's a job for a customer. And if you're making something for a customer, you have to show them the finished product before you make it a lot of times. Um, but when it's like when you're going into the more creative artsy side, like, yeah, I'm with I'm with Phil. Like, I, I, I like I know I'm going to make, you know, I'm going to make a, you know, a, a, a thing. And, and it's just be, it's like I have a basic idea, like an outline or a sketch in my head, but I don't plan that out, man. I just start cutting, mm-hmm. you know. And, uh, so yeah, I see both sides of that. Um, I think that it makes sense that like the, the quote fortune cookie, you know, attitude might have that more, um, laid out plan. I think that is more culturally relevant maybe to, um, the, uh, Eastern philosophies and civilizations where they're less interested in the self and more interested in the community. Um, well, that's partly true. A lot of it was very spiritual and and knowing, oneself but you're right i mean it depends on the asian culture that we're talking about Mm. so are you saying that without considering how something is if you don't consider how something is to be finished and that is more of the self well i think that tim you know hit the nail on the head with uh for the customer versus for yourself and i think that's the exact right split i don't think you can start to sell to you know talk to a customer and say well, I'm going to I'm going to start this on a Tuesday and let's see where we end up on a Saturday. It might have a lid, it might not. I might put a couple of wheels on there. We'll see what's what. You know? But uh, I I have a lot of times I get ideas and and I have some, you know, sometimes you have a customer you kind of know that they're a little bit fun and and I like to, you know, I like to keep them apprised of what's happening as it happens in real time and the 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 ones that want, some don't. Some just you can kind of feel like they're like, "Okay, make it. We're done," you know. Others want to like like look at 100 color samples. Um but sometimes I get ideas while I'm making it. It's like so I've pitched them, I've drawn them the the finished conclusion like the fortune cookie says and 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 um now I'm pursuing that, but then I have this idea when it's half together and I'll try and ex- my best to explain it to them and be like, "Hey, is this and sometimes it, it it gets exciting because then for me it gets to take this other direction and it becomes fun and it becomes more loose. And uh, more like improv again. And then the customer gets something that's like, oh, this is like what I imagined, but it's even different and cooler. And, and then other times the customer's like, no, I want what we discussed. You know, right. different yeah. people. But even even if they do go with something new, you're still considering, you're reconsidering how something is going to end. You're still not just winging it until the end product. No, but but the, the, the expression says don't start something until you know exactly how it's going to be done. Mm. Actually, that's not what it says. It says – Can you read it again? Nothing. Begin nothing until you have considered how it is to be finished. Yeah, I, what I was thinking of, Bill, that you could probably talk to yeah. better than me is how we've we both do this about we lay in bed and we build it and rebuild it and take it apart oh, in our heads. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Over of. Over I do that too. I'm over. cool too. Okay. Okay. Oh, all th- I mean, all three yeah. of us. Yeah. I do that too. But but the funny part is 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 doing that even doing that. You think you have it done. You think I've, I've drawn it. I've played with it. I've built it. I've taken it apart. Uh, the Scott Turner table I built, uh, he challenged me, that t- little table of light, right? Take that mm-hmm. that thing. The original idea I had was going to be to cut that thing and have it sit on top of the table, almost like a bathroom sink bowl, you know, mm-hmm. one of those type deal. And that's the entire time 
over and over and over again, I, that's what I was going to do. That's how it was going to look. That's what I was going to do. And as soon as I, and, and I, I mean, two weeks of thinking about it, drawing it, sketching it, imagining it, looking at the light, looking at the block of wood, blah, 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 blah. As soon as I started building it, it changed its mind. It absolutely mm. changed its mind of what it wanted to be. So even though I had considered and I didn't start anything until I had considered over and over and over again what this thing was going to be. There's still that room. This it's just boom. It just it literally is like it's not going to go on top. It's going to be inset. It's going to be hanging from this block of wood as opposed to sitting on top of it. Mm. And at that point, I didn't consider anything. I just like, well, I wonder if I can do that and just start cutting and making these changes, design changes. That's, I mean, what, what do you think, um, we'll go around, uh, starting with Bill, like, is that, what do you enjoy more? Like the, where you have a plan and you've already done that and then you go make it. Do you enjoy the planning it ahead of time or do you enjoy planning with the saw in your hands? It's both. It really is both. And I, I, I um, I don't think it has to be necessarily for, for yourself or, or a customer. I, I, I just think it is perspective. Um, I get what you're saying on when the customer is involved. Most often you have to have an idea of what it's going to be before you can sell them on it. I get that. Mm. So you do have to consider before the, before the beginning. But just because you're making something for yourself doesn't mean that you don't have to do that. In fact, I, I'm willing to bet both of you put more time than you realize in considering the finish of something, even if it's for yourself, whether it's a, a couch remote holder or a step stool for the kids, or your, you know, the the closet organizer that you did, Phil, or Tim, whether it's uh, the guitar stand, I I do think there is a a certain amount of consideration that goes into it. Now, when it's for yourself, there's so much more leeway to say, nah, screw that, I'm going to do this, yeah. you know. Um, but I don't know. I, I to say which one I enjoy the most. Sometimes I'm really happy with the the. Uh, just diving into something with no clue of how it's going to come out. And there's other times when I plan something out and I am so ecstatic that it just worked. It's like, Oh good. Thank you. know, because you're, you're nervous, you're stressful. It's like, I hope this turns out like this and it does. And you're like, okay, phew. I just, I feel better even though it's, you know, so I don't know both, yeah. both ways. How about you, Phil? Uh, for me, I, I much prefer the just, getting started and let's see how it goes kind of thing. That's the fun exploration for me. Um, you know, when I do things for myself, it really is for me. But, you, you, uh, Bill, you brought up the uh, the custom closet that I did for my daughter. That was not for me. That was – the customer was my wife. And we have to, <laughs> we have to discuss ahead of time what it's going to be, what it's going to yeah, look blueprints like. Blueprints were drawn. <laughs> yeah. No, these blueprints were drawn 100%. Yeah. On your back in ink with Incorrect. a tattoo gun. That's yeah. right. Um, actually, what happened was we brought in like uh, – you guys know what California Closets is? Yep. Yep. So we brought in California Closets and this was before I even thought that I could do it myself and they and they gave us a plan. They put together a plan and then they gave us a price and we're like, huh, <laughs> I guess we're not doing that. And then, <laughs> and then I was like, you know what? I could do this. I could do this. And I was like – and I told my wife, I was like, look, it's all melamine. I mean – I could do this. I could try to do this for a hundred bucks. And then what, what are we out? A hundred bucks. And she's like, okay, give it a shot. And then, and then in the end she was thrilled with it. So it, uh, it worked out well. And that was, that was part of the dive right in and trying things out kind of methodology. Like what's again, what's the worst that could happen? You know, I mess it up when we're at a hundred bucks. So, so even when there was a rigid plan, there was still, let's see some, some courage to try. Right. And that's the double-edged sword of working with reclaimed is that 
it, it, like some things, you know, when you, if you, if you're basically, I consider that like sculpting in real space, you know what I mean? Not making a model, but you're just like, I'm going to sculpt something out of this reclaimed wood and see if it works. And if it doesn't, well, I guess it just goes back to the, the fire pile. Right. But then there's the other. So, so that's the great thing about reclaimed is like, you get this always free pallets and you mess it up. Then I'll just go get another pallet. I didn't really lose any money. I just lost time, but I learned something which is worth the time. But then there's the other side of that is when it's like that rare piece of reclaimed something or other that is really special to you you and that's that's when i'll find myself maybe being a little more careful and planning yes. and and um like like well just like the chest set that i'm working on right now i, I did a simple cnc file of a logo and i got the chessboard and I'm, I'm strapping it into the cnc machine to carve it out i'm like you know what i got like three hours into this board <laughs> like let's maybe i should supply wood first yeah let's see what i got laying around i can carve this in even though i was confident in the file i was like no i'm not going to do this but if it wasn't for a customer it was for me i might have been more willing to just stick it in there and go Right. Um, but that, you know, that, that's something too, um, about the CNC that I love is that, cause I'm with you guys, I like to, to sculpt and not plan, but what I found with the CNC is, um, as I'm learning the software is I can do both at the same time because I can go in, into the software and I can design stuff and I can, I can model it and print it like, you know, and, and hit the little thing where it shows the tool cutting it all out and looking at a, a drawing of it without ever getting any sawdust in the air, you know? Um, so I feel like, um, it's making me better at, building and planning and understanding things like just going through that process of, of, uh, of sketching on the computer and getting that little, that little kind of 3d drawing of it, you know? So it almost, it sounds like it almost the CNC forces you to not begin until you have considered it. Cause the consideration yes. is the actual modeling of it on the computer and running that before you actually begin it, the actual project of the bit to the wood. Yep. And hindsight, hindsight, you know, now I can say, well, that is exactly the hardest part of the CNC for me was that I couldn't make it with the saw in my hand. I had to make it with the keyboard and with the, and it's made me a better, such a better maker and such a better woodworker, like in so many ways that I never would have thought because of that, forcing me to think that way and forcing me to look at material differently from it, looking at it from that standpoint versus from the, like, you know, sniffing it and then holding it against a saw. You know, it's it's really interesting, and, and measuring to the hundredth and the thousandth, and instead of just like you know the old, because you know my grandfather finished carpenter, you know he taught me to measure stuff to it was you know twenty seven and three eighths light, you know <laughs> that was like you know what I mean that that's you know that you know how it is it's like oh it's like forty seven and a half heavy you know and that was like that was all the people that like up until the CNC world that was what I learned so it was you only looked at the eighth lines on the tape measure you know you didn't even have sixteenths so it was just. And, uh, and then it was all of a sudden I had to grip my digital calipers and I had to, oh, you mean I got to look at the other numbers after the period? Like, you know, and it, so it just like opened up my mind to, to all these like new and exciting things. That is fun. I like it. Hmm. Um, but the thing that also with the CNC is that it's, it's yes, you sort of have to know what, what the file is going to be, what the object is, but it's so iterative. Like how many times have you run through version one through eight of a project before you get to what you really like? You just keep going, and even if you think it's great, like in virtual space, you then cut the file. And you're like, mm. oh, actually, I kind of hate that. Let me let me just go back and try that again. Yeah, so yeah, you, that's that's true. That happens. Even though you have the rigidity of of it has to be done before you can apply it to the wood, you still have the creativity of after the project is started or finished, you're just like, you know what, I'm going to change that. So you go back into yeah. that file. Oh, for sure. And you, <clears throat> well, that's, that's like. 
my guitar my guitar building has been going on like that's kind of how I see it is I want to create these files and they're I, I have them now that well these this is my neck and this is my fingerboard and so the creativity comes into the material that I'm going to put into that machine and how I prepare that before it goes into the machine mm-hmm. and I have the ability now like like you know what I want to make this one's I want to make this one's neck just a little bit chunkier and so I can just go in and just raise it like a you know like a tenth of an inch and boom now it's done and and, and so I can modify these files a little bit just like w- before you would do with a rasp now I'm getting to the point where I can do that with my file. So it's like, instead of just like, oh, I'm going to sand this more to make it a little thinner, I can go into the file and do that, you know. Yeah. So a whole different way. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I'm, I'm <clears throat> excuse me, I'm considering now getting a, a small CNC because I, I, there's no way I can put even, even like a two by two will not fit in my garage. So something like you're using, Phil, the Piranha, mm-hmm. just to dip my toe into this virtual world of, creativity that you two are now swimming in that was pretty good confucius huh <laughs> that'll get it that's all right yeah, yeah. yeah but anyway um yeah I, I i i can see that both sides that's why i said this statement i think it's perspective it really is um in reclaiming you almost can't be too rigid on what you're going to do because you oh, yeah. don't know the voids in the wood and, mm. and how much of what you have does the the material dictate the project does the project dictate the material um but then again you still have to like i said i i think we all spend a little more time considering the final product or at least aiming for something that we have as as being artistic there's something you vision you know there's it's in your head you have this picture this idea of what you want to accomplish what you want to create and um so that in itself is beginning before you begin you're considering to finish you know yeah hmm. i think it also depends on the kind of project too right when it's like a shop yeah. project or if it's something for your home or again if it's a customer if it's for your wife, which is like a next level customer, you know, <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, you know, if it's something for your kids, you know, like then that's, that's a little bit more flexible also. Mm. And, and I'm always more interested in, uh, the shapes and the, and the, and stuff and, and some of those details, like, and that's the other thing with the CNC has kind of helped me like get better at that, but I wasn't always as concerned with that. And, um, and so I'm trying to, you know, you, you, that's where the, the real making is, is like when you get that perfect finish on it and you sand it to 400 and this and that. And, and I was, I was just kind of like lose interest. Cause it's like, well, I created the shape, you know, now I want to move on to something else. So I'm trying to like get better at that. And so that's part of the, the process of thinking forward through it too, is, uh, how am I going to finish it? And how am I going to, like, as I'm preparing this Kumaru for this coffee table, like I've got it all like, you know, I've ran it over the joiner, I ran it through the planer, but now I'm like, well, because of this type of wood, I know I need to round over all the edges, um, a little bit. Am I going to do it with a hand plane or am I going to run the risk on the, with the router and having it splinter out? And, uh, you know, so you know, I have to think about all that stuff because I have to do it now before I start building the table. Whereas old me a couple of years ago would have had the whole table built and I would have been sitting there with a file or some sandpaper trying to get in the cracks to round over these edges and, you know, sure. uh, stuff like that. It's trying to like, like, and that comes with experience, I think, um, you know, of just like thinking through, well, what am I going to, what am I going to stumble on later that I need to think of now? Yeah. It's funny. Uh, Phil, you said uh, having a little more flexibility when it comes to making something for your kids to where that's not a customer. But again, the perspective comes in. Actually, I think when you're making something for your kids, you really do have to think it through beforehand when it comes to safety. You're not going to use pallet woods. You're not, you know, for a crib. You're not going to, you're not going <laughs> to forge them a knife when they're two years old. Yeah. So, I yeah. mean, there's, there is that creativity. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, make a, 
uh, what do they call it? I make uh, these wooden airplanes board. for my kids. I screw it up. It's for my kid. Oh, well, I'll just paint over it instead of, you know, I, mm-hmm. sa- I said I was going to do this, but I'll just paint over it instead of staining it. That is there, but still that there's things that you still have to, I think you almost everything you do, you really do have to consider the finish in some way, no matter who it's for yourself or anybody, whether yeah. it's an artistic piece or whether it's a commission piece. There has to be some consideration. I agree. You don't want to turn an end table into some kind of a murder weapon, 100%. Well, you can, <laughs> but you just want to make sure you've considered that first. Right, right. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. I, you know what would look good in this room? Some kind of a Morningstar death mace. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I really think that would set off yeah. the table lamp. Yeah, look right next to the bassinet. <laughs> See, my mind went to the coffee table when you put your feet up on it. It's it triggers the top to flip towards the person on the couch, throwing like a, a throwing star right into right. their chest. Right, bunch of shurikens right into their face. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Totally. Yeah, I think that, that should be the name. Of, that should be the name of the but... podcast: Shurikens to the Face. Yeah. Confucius says colon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right, shurikens right to the colon. Is that what we're saying? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> That's what you call a compromise. <laughs> yeah. I don't understand. I don't in fact I don't want to know. No, no, you don't. No, you don't. Alright. So what what was the saying again? Can you read it again? Did we did we get to all the aspects of it? Should we move on to some more Confucius sayings? <laughs> I, I, no, I, I really like this. I, I, I hmm. think uh, we did cover it a lot. Uh, begin nothing until you have considered how it is to be finished. Um, one more thing we can talk about. Now, let's talk about actual finish, right? Yeah, I, mean, uh, I knew that was coming. Yeah, the applying the finish to something. So do you guys do that? I mean, is do you have a go-to? Or is it like do you, Tim, have you considered, have you spent time considering, okay, I'm going to round over the edges. i got to do all that. Then what are you going to put on it? Well, how are you going to finish it? Are you going to finish it? Are you going to leave it raw? Uh, it's going to be um, outdoors. Yeah, that's well, like, well, for this table, I'm going to use some deck, deck oil because that's just what you would put on it. You know what I mean? If it was a deck, um, makes sense. You know, I'm basically, I'm basically building a five foot square deck you know? yeah. <laughs> like, for these people to, to not walk on, you know? Um, but, um, yeah, every project's different and I'm still, I'm still experimenting with it. I always like to go for the low VOC and the water-based polys, which are, um, you know, now that the weather's broken, I can start spraying them again, uh, cause I can use that, that space in my shop. And so that helps. I'm trying to, I'm trying to learn how to do all of that better too. And that's, you know, just like learning how to, the, how long to let it dry before you sand and do the next coat and how many coats you can cheat before you sand. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's a, uh, it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. And I, I, I'm into tongue oil right now too. Um, that's what I heard. <laughs> yeah, I like I like the tongue yeah. oil. oil. <laughs> <laughs> well then, oh. let me bring it back to uh, just a ask little me, bit me. more kid friendly. Uh, oddly Wait, ask, enough, I am ask Phil. Ask Phil. Hold on, yeah. I will. I oh, will. Okay. But one of the finishes I'm playing with now, and it's mm-hmm. it's the opposite of where you guys were. It is kid friendly, and it's uh, Mod Podge. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that stuff's cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I had forgotten what a uh, a hard finish it actually puts on stuff. It really does. It's it's good. I did that. The one chessboard I did, I used that. I put um the music musicians one I did where I put a, a cassette tape 
like edge right. banding, like a like inlay, but it wasn't inlaid. I just put it on with Mod Podge, and right. it's, it ain't going anywhere. It's amazing. You put a little Mod Podge on first, then you put what you want to stick to it, and then you put a little more on top, mm-hmm. and it's like this thick. And it even like it, it goes on. It's all gloopy, and you're like, oh, it's gonna be bumpy and rough, and it's not. It like smooths yeah. out. There's a couple different techniques for transferring. Um like this, you guys were talking about this last week about the toner. You can take a color, just a regular inkjet thing, and if you if you put the Mod Podge down, you put the picture. If you printed it backwards, put it on and let it dry. Don't put Mod Podge on the top. Wait for it to dry. Then you take a wet cloth and you can actually rub the paper away, but the mm. inked image stays on there. So there's yeah. something I'm interested in checking out. I want to try that. that. Yeah. yeah, it works with color where toner transfer doesn't. Mm-hmm. Correct. And you can take things that you didn't print, like magazines, and do it. Yeah, you can, you know, uh, somebody does the the neck of the guitar, Tim, check this out, of all matchbooks, different style matchbooks in between the frets. And oh, that's cool. how he does it. He apply, cool. Yeah, he applies it with like a Mod Podge type technique. Yeah, I've seen, like, oh, that's, yeah. I've seen guitar tops done like that with like comic books and stuff. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Hmm. So, all cool. right. Well, you asked me about finishing. Uh, so, uh, for me... The way I choose things is entirely based – well, two reasons, two factors, time and the look I'm going for, right? So I'll go for things uh, – if I ha- if I have very little time and I want to affect the color, like meaning I- I'm cool with it turning a little bit more yellow, uh, I'll use um, shellac because it's super fast, super easy, and, and it will give it more of an antique look, which I like. Um, and if it's fast and I don't want it to add color, I'm going to go with uh, spray lacquer because that's just an easy one. Or, uh, or if I can't put anything into the air for whatever reason, then I'll use uh, polycrylic. And if I have more time, I'll either use a water-based poly or I'll use a uh, little uh, boil linseed oil, which I really, really like because it makes the grain pop. Yep. I like pl- I've, I've been playing a lot with uh, boil linseed oil, and I really, really like it. It just takes... I- have you been mixing it with wax to make like a like a buff-on thing or just using it straight? Just straight. I haven't done anything with the mixing yet, but I certainly would. I did. I mixed some with beeswax, and it was awesome. And then over the winter, the mice found it and ate it. <laughs> like off the piece? Or you mean like No, and I had a little cup of it that I had made. I had melted down some beeswax uh, and, and mixed it like 50-50 with BLO, and yeah. I had this little cup of it, and in in my, I kept a piece of tinfoil on top of it, and I just had it in. And then one day I came in to use it, and it was, like, all chewed up and gone. <laughs> yeah, I was a little oh, bummed. All right. So now I, now, I, now I just use lacquer. <laughs> you, you said, Phil, if I have the time, and yeah. I was just thinking about it. If you if, – correct me if I'm wrong. If you have enough time, you could actually use all of those finishes yeah, on probably. the same project. Yeah. yeah. Right? I, mean, don't, I mean, pretty much if you let something cure long enough, it's now – you can put – because the, the argument used to be you can't put an oil finish on top of a water base and blah, 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 blah. And I, I disagree with that because I've done it. But you do have to let them cure completely. Yeah, you need like 30 days. No, well, not 30 days, but you, you know do what have I mean? to let you need it cure. 21. A, hot, a full cure time. Why would hmm. you, though? Uh, just running out. Okay. You know, start off with this and I ain't got no money and I ain't got nothing else. So. Right. Fair <laughs> enough. Okay. Fine. Yeah. But, but you yeah, certainly could put something like shellac to, or let's say you start uh, boil linseed oil, right? To make right, the grain exactly. pop. And that's what made me think of that. to seal. And then you put on, let's say an oil-based poly to give it some uh, surface finish. Yeah, you could. Mm. I do that a lot with the, I put the BLO on and then, and uh, a couple of days later I do the, the, um, the water poly over it mm-hmm. because, uh, 
I like the, what it does to the, the reclaimed wood. It gives it that nice yellowy color, the, yeah. um, the BLO, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I do that a lot. The, uh, uh, I had another thought about the, the saying, uh, if, if we're done talking finishes. Well, we're finished. Yes. We're, we're finished. Okay. Um, to, to consider, consider the, the, the end, I was thinking a little more holistically in a, in a, <laughs> For some reason, I'm in the mood for granola. Uh, and uh, <laughs> I was thinking about, um, yeah. So what if the, what if we're not just talking about a particular thing that we're making? What if we're talking about like the the journey of being the maker, right? Now there's a there's a path. Like I have I have no consideration for the end of of my journey, you know, through making things or ha, you know. Or, I disagree with you. What you just said. Okay. Well, what? Because I want to make guitars. You think? No. No. Because. Uh, again, it's perspective. I would say that you consider every single thing that you do because even though your journey as a maker and as an artisan, maybe you, you, you don't know what the end of that's going to be, but you do consider everything you make. Well, that's what I'm looking at at the end. How Right. At the end of this yeah. journey, what's going to happen to this product? That's why you're struggling with having to pay for a, a two-by-six that you wish you could have not had to spend that money, that footprint. So you do actually consider everything. So it's, it's perspective. My journey as a maker is unknown, and I'm just going to play it as it goes. But I'm going to think of every step I do and how it's going to, in fact, uh, impact the, the planet or, and the environment around me. And you, and you figure each one of those steps could, like, you know, there's the job that potentially comes up and you turn it down because it's not right for you. Or there's one that comes up that you take. You know, the, all those things are going to, like, could could greatly affect the direction that your business goes. You know, like I, I told you, like, mentioned before like when i started this business like before i had anything i didn't even have a table saw and i had the potential for making 80 farmhouse tables for a company like and i was going to kickstart my business it was like a six-figure gig i was going to go rent a shop buy a bunch of tools and make these tables and i chickened out halfway through because i was like didn't like the direction i saw that i was like oh it's gonna i'm gonna jump from one career into running my own small factory you know it didn't really seem you know it's that was like a big life-changing decision um that you know, maybe maybe my business would be better now if I did that. I'd be probably be a better at making tables. <laughs> I don't know, but uh, but you know, but it's but it doesn't matter because it's just well, that's the decision I made. So now you you move forward. You know, so I I, I was not considering the end at the time. I was considering the present. Well, I think well, you were also considering. You know, you were considering what it what it would mean as your sort of end result because right. ultimately you chose artist over. I guess after considering work. it, you you change your mind. Yeah, mm. which is too bad because I really like that restaurant. Yeah, <laughs> it's, my, it's my favorite. You can you can still eat there. That's fine. Oh, I do. So, oh, I do. Let me, let me ask you guys this: Have you had you did you think that you would be doing what you're doing now, even five years ago? No. Oh my god, not even and, close. And I have no idea what I'm going to be doing in five years. Right. Yeah. yeah. And that's the way my whole life has been. It's been awesome. So, so there's there's something that you really can't, no matter how much you try and consider what it's going to be and what the mm-hmm. finish is going to be, there's just some stuff that happens. You you just don't know where you're going to be, what you're going to be doing, how it's going to happen, how it's how you're going to get there. Isn't that the yeah. best part, though? Isn't that the whole point it of this? It yeah. absolutely is. It yeah. absolutely is. Not knowing for sure. I mean, some people believe, on you know – whether it's faith or Buddha, I don't know, whatever it is, but they believe that when you're born, it's written down. That date is written down. And at the same time, the day you're going to die is, is written down too. There's nothing you can do to change that. You're going to die on the day you're going to die. And that's, that's just it. You're going to live this many years and then you're going to die. And it's, it's, it's preordained. That's just how it is. 
And I have a hard time with that. But then again, I'm like, okay, but it still doesn't matter because you will never know that date. Oh, yeah, you're getting- are you getting into an argument of free will on a podcast about making? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm thinking Confuciusly, but then I'm confusing myself. Yeah, well, I'm confused. I'm just thinking that like none of us knew five years ago that like our friends would be guys and you know other states and continents and time zones doing this podcast. Exactly. Yeah. So exactly. so that's like you know we were not planning for the finish. You know if, if this was a finish, you know what I mean it's like everything just sort of happens. So I think we can take that fortune cookie and just shove it up Nick's butt. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. with a little bit of Mod Podge. Yeah, <laughs> yeah stay right in there. <laughs> We love you, Nick. <laughs> oh, this was this might be the best episode. I think last week you said it was the third worst. This week it might be the best. Oh, so <laughs> people do read those descriptions? Uh, <laughs> did you write that in the description? Yeah, the third yeah. worst. I didn't I see said, that. Yeah. Tim said yeah. this was the third worst episode we've ever done. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Yeah, and, uh, and go, we'll keep gentlemen. the we'll keep the worst and the second to worst a secret for now. Maybe we'll reveal those at the. Uh, at well, the just don't, audio just, just don't yeah. tell Paul that those two are his. The one he was on. <laughs> That's right. They could. We could one do of that. Us was so bad it counts as one and two. <laughs> yeah. But he has been on twice, so maybe that bumps last week's up to the fourth. I don't know. Fair point. Fair point. <laughs> We're gonna have to get him have a meeting. You know, band meeting. Yeah, band meeting. We just listen. Listen to all 131 episodes back to back, nonstop. Yeah, I just want you them. both to know the only reason I started making uh, cigar box guitar, the only reason I become a musician, the only reason I am a musician is because I want to feel like I'm really part of the band meeting. Great. Band dissolved. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working on the solo project, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> I've never equated myself to Beyonce before, but here we are. <laughs> well, you guys, I mean, it's almost, you're like twins when just looking at you. I'm just right. saying. Is that yeah. you, Kelly Rowland? Okay. <laughs> I was thinking maybe we were Criss Cross. I don't know. <laughs> That's a really deep reference. Pretty wiggity, so, wiggity whack. Yeah. Um, Criss Cross is like, is that a, so, okay, I get confused because there's a boat that's a Criss Craft. Yep. Chris Cross is like a new thing. The Christopher Cross is like an old musician from way back. In no, the day. Chris Cross is an old thing, and Christopher yeah. Cross is a really old thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> Chris but, Cross was a uh, was a hip hop act from like 1992, and their shtick was wearing uh, their clothes backwards. Backwards, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but see, that's when you say 90s, that's not that old to me. 92. That's 26 years ago. It's half your life. Yeah. It just doesn't seem that long to me anymore. I don't know why. But Christopher Cross does seem old, and I like his music. And he had the, wasn't he the one that had the song Sailing? Do you think he was sailing away on a Chris Craft? Oh, good, Tim. Darn good. Except that's a motorboat, but. Yeah, but a Chris Craft is a beautiful craft boat. Yeah, the, are those are the wooden ones? Those are the wooden ones that yeah, rich people mahogany. had back in the day, and now they're even more rich people. Okay, mm. Phil's about ready to fall over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Hey, what are you watching, Phil? What are, no, no, you go first while I figure out what I am watching. Oh. Well, uh, this will give me an opportunity. I'll, I'll go first. Um, so uh, Chris Pixley gave me that 
ceramic guitar slide. And I told you guys, he went to a place called The Crucible here in Oakland. And it just so happens that my cousin reached out to me, uh, Kathy, and she doesn't listen to the show, but I'm going to say hi, Kathy, anyway, because she reached out to me and said, hey, I at work or somewhere, so she got this $250 gift certificate for The Crucible. And The Crucible is a place that teaches all these different classes. It's like a one-day or a two-day thing. And 250 bucks will pretty much let me do whatever I want. Everything from um, a bike shop, back, blacksmithing, ceramics, enameling, fire and performance, foundry, glass blowing, glass casting, glass fusing, jewelry, kinetics, machine shop, mold making, woodworking, welding, stoneworking, neon lights, uh, leather and textile. So hmm. um, check out anybody that's local to the Bay Area that listens. And I know there's a few of you guys out there. Go online and look up the Crucible in Oakland. It's a very affordable. You can spend 150 bucks and learn how to blow glass, you know, and make a uh, do ceramics like like uh, Chris Pixley made for me, the little sl- glass sli- or ceramic slide that he made for me. Um, I'm not sure what I want to do yet. I'm, I'm thinking the leather and textiles. Uh, I don't know why, but uh, but maybe stone working. I don't know. Jewelry might be something I might take it. Maybe the glass blowing. The Crucible, it is uh, an artist-founded school that teaches so many different things. And, and I just think it's amazing. And thank you, Kathy, for giving me this gift certificate. So it will pay for the tuition for a one- or two-day class at The Crucible in Oakland. Check it out. That's awesome. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I, I think... Um... I'm thinking I'm going to pick the class for you. Uh, okay. some, not not really, but uh, something like it, the when you were listing them, I was thinking about jewelry and uh, the leather work potentially um, uh-huh. because those are things that could co- could help you out with your guitar making. They could be involved, you know. I, I would like to actually take – I think the leather class is what I'm going to do because it's, a, it's leather textiles and fine art is the name of it, but um, – it's been a long, long time since I've done any kind of finesse created creativity. Mm. You know what I mean? Fine anything. I mean, I, I can't tell you the last time I made dovetails, let alone something, you know, just just intricate and fine and, and small. Something that I couldn't heat up, make it hot, mad, pound on it, break it, cut it. Yeah. <laughs> Stick it back together. It, you know. <laughs> yeah. Anybody else getting turned on? you you gonna make that drive pretty soon (laughs) we're in the same time zone pre-show we're in the same time zone Pinsky yeah Casey's working late that's all I'm saying (laughs) (laughs) what about you Tim what are you watching excellent Um, I'm gonna stick with the Chris Craft uh, theme make boats um, yeah, I was going to mention uh, the tips from a shipwright who I've mentioned before, and I haven't been uh, I haven't been watching as many videos of anybody as I would like. Um, Me but I've just been just been busy doing other things. But um, I uh, just last week he put out there's a video where he went to and anybody who listens to this podcast for a while has heard me mention the name of the Ernestina. Mm-hmm. Um, the the guy I forget his name right now Lou uh, right is it Lou from uh, tips from a shipwright went to. Yes. Yeah, he went to the Ernestina with a 360 camera, and uh, and did a tour cool. of the boat. And I have all this. This I was actually just editing a video with some Ernestina wood um, before we started recording. And I have all this wood that I gotten from my buddy Levi, who is on the job there restoring this 1895 schooner in in Maine. Um, and the, so the video is like a tour of the boat and showing some of the work they're doing. They're basically making a whole new boat, but it's the old boat. You know, it's like like just 
really like amazing. And, uh, and my buddy Levi's in there. So you get to meet Levi. He's in driving these like three foot long iron spikes through like, you know, eight by eights of white Oak with a sledgehammer. Wow. I was just like, Oh my God. I was like, I'm too old for that. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the finesse I was talking. Right. About, right that's, there. you know, I was like, I don't have time for that kind of detail work. I got places to go, man. <laughs> that's interesting. Replacing all the parts of a boat. Is it still the same boat? That's called right. The, right. The thesis. Yes. I would say yes. That might yep. be, we got to write that down. Somehow we got to work that into a, a topic. We could. They talk, they bring up the example of, um, of Lincoln's axe that's in the Smithsonian. So over the years, the handle has been replaced. And at mm. one point, the axe head was replaced because yeah. it had, like, rusted to dust. Mm. So the whole thing has been replaced. Is it still Lincoln's axe? Yeah. I think so. I think it's it's not the physical thing. I think it's the idea. And well, there's, there's still a connection, and that's the, the whole paradox. There's still a connection to the original right. thing, even though the original thing isn't there anymore. And so that's what's more important. Again, would Confucius say what's more important? Is it the material possession or is it the connection that the, you know, the emotional connection to it? So. Well, the, the, more, the most recent uh, addition to that sort of uh, gang of expressions is, is that you know, our cells are totally our, new every seven, every seven years. years. Yeah. yeah. So are, yeah. We, are we new people every seven years? You know what I mean? So it's, it's, are we who mm. we were? And I think no, from even a metaphysical were, perspective, Phil. we're not. The idea of Phil. I'm completely different than I was seven years ago. Yeah. No, you're the yeah. same old Tim. Well, no, you saw that poster of me. I was thinner and less gray hair, a little better yeah, looking. You're wearing the same t-shirt, so. That is, that, that's true. <laughs> that's the only constant, yeah. though. And underwear. Yeah. Ew. <laughs> that's been washed. On that note. Uh, okay. We're well, done. Oh, no, Phil. You guys hey, around. hang on. Before you say... Uh, I was about to ask what you were watching, but you sure didn't give me a chance to because you cut me off saying you never ask. Well, you don't. Uh, I am watching Thomas. It's either Little or Lytle. It's spelt Lytle, but I'm sure it's meant to be Little. Uh, Red Barn Woodworking. And, uh, and the video that I, that I lined up watching was called Krusty Wilton Vice Restoration. And, uh, <laughs> and you, you know, the YouTube recommendation thing, when those late night you know, YouTube watching binges. And so that's the one I watch. But then now that I'm sort of digging a little deeper because I had to for this segment, uh, it looks like he's got a a whole bunch of really cool uh, videos on really how to fix things in sort of the wood shop. And he's got some really cool, um, you know, things like a three-way panel clamp system that he's invented or, you know, or taken on. Anyways, that's my reco. Go check it out. Awesome. Well done. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. Nobody, yeah. Nobody ever says, you know, that I don't research ahead of time and i'm thoroughly prepared for this segment so so no one says that to your face no 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 one would say that Hmm. because i don't really see people but uh by the way tim you won it took him less than three minutes what to figure out what he was watching this week oh pretty good pretty (laughs) good um should we mention t-shirts that there are still some t-shirts left no let's not mention that yeah, no, because we don't want to sell them. We want to hoard them. We want to keep them in that dusty box in the corner of my workshop forever. So and do we don't not want to consider how it's going to finish. And for those of you hoping to be able to buy nothing. them at Maker Fair, forget it. Bill's nope. not going to be keeping them in his backpack. <laughs> yeah. Who's who's got two thumbs and complete control over the t-shirts? This guy. <laughs> So if you want a Reclaimed Audio Podcast t-shirt, there's only one way to get them. You got to go to reclaimedaudiopodcast.com and click the link, which takes you to this guy's Etsy store. And uh, we still have a few left in a couple sizes. So a great joke for audio, by the way. 
You, well, I, you guys saw the thumbs. I did. Yeah, I, I nailed it. Yeah. I, I'd like. I'd like to um, uh, put this <laughs> out there for people. Maybe come up with some uh, different merch. Uh, is there? If anybody has an idea of something that maybe you would want from us, I don't know, pencils, stickers, uh, a wallet, a handmade whiskey box, uh, or merch that's reclaimed. You want us to root through our scrap bins and mail out pieces of junk? We could do that. I knew the hippie was going to say something like that. <laughs> Well, I was thinking anyway, I could yeah, re- reach out. Yeah, maybe. Uh, you know, I would be interested in seeing if there's something like because what I I, I like a, I don't want to just make merch. You know what I mean? It's just like tchotchke that just clogs the stream up. What I like about our t-shirts is that they're they are merch, but there's something that's usable, and there is a, a a handmade element to them that they're actually like we're actually putting our our literal like stamp on them. It's not just coming from one factory and going to. So I would love to see if anybody has any ideas from being creative that. Uh, and I'll take on the work. Like I'll, you know, you guys have stuff to do, I guess. Yeah, we do. Uh, I have things. Yeah. yeah. Things. And don't forget that our t-shirts don't have to be old and worn before you can turn them into shop rags and reclaim them. You can reclaim them out of the box. As soon as you buy one of our shirts, go ahead, cut it up for rags. Did I mention that I have a, a still, there's a still a limited supply of reclaimed audio podcast shop rags available for sale at the <laughs> website. They are slightly overpriced though. <laughs> um, okay. On Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, I'm Phil Pinsky. Check out ironandsoul.com. I am still shipping out orders. I'm sorry for the delay, but as you know, I'm I'm not even home right now. Uh, WilliamLutz.com. Check it out. It, there's there's a bunch of stuff about Bill Lutz on there, so that's not something you want to miss. Thank you to Justin Sparks for that. TimSway.net. Not very much about Tim on there, to be honest with you. I mean, no. the name is fairly deceiving. But uh, thank you to Jason Payne for that one. NewPerspectivesMusic.com. There's stuff on there. A couple things. Check that out. Hmm. Uh, contact us for show topics, suggestions, feedback, topics. We love topics. Info at reclaimedaudiopodcast.com or hit us up on Twitter at Reclaimed Audio. On iTunes, leave us them reviews. We really we really need them. And, uh, yeah, please do those. Patreon.com slash Reclaimed Audio, the absolute best way to help us out and... To get yourself on the podcast, you know, uh, we put that on there as a joke. And uh, as it turns out, people are doing it. So why not you? <laughs> and, uh, and the last thing was, oh, yeah, the last thing was uh, Amazon affiliates. If you were going to buy something on Amazon, why don't you head over to reclaimedaudiopodcast.com, click on our Amazon link, and then just go shopping. It doesn't cost you anything more, and it kicks a couple of pennies towards us. So thanks in advance for that. That's all. And then we talked about the T-shirts. So yep. I think we're good. Oh, and um, there are still squares available at timsway.net slash square, S-Q-W-A-Y-R. I don't even know how to spell it. S-Q-W-A-Y-R-E. Um, you know, because I know Mother's Day is coming. So I just thought I'd throw that out there. Oh, my God. Would my mother love one of those? <laughs> 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 yeah, let me get three. <laughs> okay, I'm done. Have a great week, guys. Bye, everybody. (laughs) Be good.